Welcome to Listoff. I'm Ozzy. And I'm Nat. And this week, we will be counting down our top five uh, witches, wizards, and warlocks. And I believe that's a suggestion of Dave Russell. Um, and I like this one immediately. I, I, how did you stand on uh, witches? warlocks and magicians yeah i think we changed his wording slightly from magicians he had and i was like well magicians could include like david blaine and it's not fair for david blaine sure. to have to go up against people with real magical powers real magical powers sure so we're staying firmly in the fictional realm unless you know real people with magic powers no but i think there's lots of people that claim to be witches and magicians and things don't they yeah uh-huh i find it it's cool these are these are I'm fat. I'm a big fan of a couple of these and, and they're, they're big ones, but, um, I don't think I gravitate towards the, the mystical wizardy type characters and things. I think, um, I'm more of a like stealthy, you know, archer or something. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I do think of you, you like, uh, uh, some fantasy things. I do like that's some fantasy things, thought. but I don't, generally with some exceptions which we mentioned gravitate towards the wizardy types in okay. fantasy things which is a good yeah but not got many on my list warlocks i don't have a strong sense of warlocks yeah. no i always think of warlocks in the past of being male witches but i'm pretty sure male witches are also called witches i guess i but I, i'm including in this the, the definitions for me are only what i have gleaned from popular culture. So equally, I would say sorcerers would make my list possibly. I don't know how, how um, hard these lines are drawn in the sand, but some of mine may be sorcerers rather than uh, uh, witches or warlocks, but you get the gist. Those guys. Yeah. Magic, magic guys. Magic guys and gals. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Lots of gals. I'll kick us off. Yeah. And, you know, some of these might be controversially not not witches, wizards, or warlocks, but I think they are. And who's yeah. to say, really? You know? We're to say. We're it's to our say. lists. Right. Bye. My number five is Prospero from Willie Shakespeare's The Tempest. And what's he's like like faust he's like uh he's to in order so he's you know he's the rightful duke of milan he's sent off to die in a boat with his daughter miranda by his bad brother antonio mm -hmm. and he's but he happens to wash up on an island which has got magic books on it right yeah. that's a plot device and a half right <laughs> so he teaches himself magic out of these books and becomes a powerful sorcerer who can control like monsters and wood spirit things that are trapped inside trees. Doesn't he make the tempest itself? Doesn't oh he? yeah. He controls all the weather. Control oh, he does all the, the weather. weather. Raises the dead, you know, it's got decent, decent spell books. He found that was good loot. I mean, good. I'd say good one. That's yeah. better than most magicians find. But then like Faust, he has to like, be like, oh, oh, I've done bad things with my magic. I have to renounce it. 
you know, mm. happy day, happy, and they all lived happily ever after. And it's like, nah, you were bad. Yeah, you I think bad. of him as like the villain of yeah. the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was doing it all to defend his daughter, right? You know. Okay. And he'd had a hard, a hard hand dealt to him, you know, prior to stumbling onto books of ancient sorcery wisdom. Sure. Basically, he's a baddie, and he's that kind of baddie wizard who has basically, yeah, made a pact with bad. He's gone to the dark side. He's done and made a Faustian pact. He's gone bad in order to get the power to do the thing he thinks is good, and it's kind of taken him over. And he's he's diverted him from his original intention, which was just to look after his daughter. And that's yeah. a good thing with wizards and stuff in general, warlocks and stuff. Is like you get all this power. But can you still stick to your path if you get it all? So Prospero is a 500-year-old version of that. Good. He, he is a good magician. I didn't even consider Prospero, but I do like Prospero. I think I've got a lot of time for him. Um, he's also, it's the kind of part which is Shakespearean, but is also rooted very much in the fantastical, which means it's almost a perfect Venn diagram uh, for one thing I love, which is sort of, uh, uh, character British character actors who are being overly kind of uh, fruity voiced actors Big to time. really to really go some when they do a bit of Prospero, and I appreciate that uh, on on both levels. I appreciate it. Do enjoy it very much. Enjoy those kind of big performances by uh, British character actors. Yeah, and I it's, think um, it's absolutely made from absolutely made before from that. they before when they get the part, they're like, let's go, you know, rubbing yeah, their hands absolutely. together. Thank you very much. Yes, I will put all my ham into this. And they, yeah, it's uh, I think it just it has a lot of influence on later wizards. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I, I actually think he's probably, uh, uh, yeah, one of the one of the original uh wizards in fiction that i think a lot of others will be based on i think faust uh, comes first he's a bit of a ripoff of marlowe and all that but you know right yeah yeah and i but, guess he's um it would be contemporary with john d the the kind of the uh queen elizabeth's the man who was doing all her magic tricks but was he was he just the guy making charlotte was he essentially like yeah was he a charlatan or was he some uh mystic who was working with elizabeth the first which must have been around that time so i guess maybe in the contemporary world of shakespeare there was probably a lot of talk probably uh ripped from the headlines about these powerful magic men yeah, and the probably people watching probably. it going they've ripped me off yeah shakespeare's ripped me off completely because i control the winds and the dead but it's exciting i think and at that time that kind of idea would have been very uh it's probably part of the zeitgeist yeah. and i imagine a big influence on a lot of the fictional wizards yeah. um speaking of which my number five is a bit of a classic wizard is uh merlin from arthurian legend and i'm always sort of fascinated by arthurian legend although i i say i am what i really like are sort of good films that are based on that and as soon as i do any bit of research on it i go i haven't read any of the proper texts about arthurian legend but i feel like i like it but actually 
the reason it's so far down on my list is as soon as I do a bit of digging, I go, yeah, but you know what? I haven't done any of the reading on this, so I can't claim to be any expert on Merlin, but mm. I do like the idea of Merlin. Again, I think it's that, I guess, similar to those things. I find those ideas quite interesting of, you know, what, who was this and what's this kind of truth of it in the, in the real world and how these things overlap. Um, but I like various fictional Merlins that you kind of all have to, essentially all Merlins are fictional and it's all, you know, are, his name is, is all, uh, is, is probably lots of different people that like actual fiction writers over the years have made into various different people. I particularly like uh, the Sword in the Stone version of Merlin, who, you know, as a Merlin is like a shapeshifter who can become lots of other animals. But I think generally one of the nice things about these kind of myths and legends over the years is that you have various different versions of them. So you pretty much, you can just make one up and go, the Merlin I like is uh, this guy and he can yeah. do this, this and this. And sometimes he's just a bit like, oh, I'm, I'm basically um like holland and barrett and i make uh little little uh made up drugs to help people and sometimes they can like turn into animals and shit so that's what there's a good uh a wide spectrum of merlins out there but at its core i do quite like the merlin figure and i like that kind of um you know and, and even you know your obi-wan kenobis and the like are all very much like He's basically like Merlin or whatever. It's like mm. that kind of, those kind of figures, yeah. mentor figures, aren't they? Mm. Who kind of come along and know a bit more and are a bit more, I like, you know, I, I, I like it. But the reason it's so far down is because as soon as I scratch the surface, I go, I haven't done the reading on this. I feel like I like it. Instinctively, I'm drawn to it. But so I haven't done that. You're a shallow fan of Merlin. I'm a shallow fan. You're I'm, a glory, I'm a glory supporter. A fair weather Merlin fan. You don't exactly. Like, you don't like. You weren't there from the beginning. No, I weren't there. You know, I've got like a Merlin best of, but like uh, I feel like I like them. I've got a Merlin T-shirt that I bought from H and M, but I've never, I've never really. You never seen couldn't them live. Tell, I couldn't tell you a lot of his um, album tracks or anything. Yeah. My number four is the wizard from hero quest the 1989 milton bradley games workshop uh what they call it now they call it a collab <laughs> the no, milton bradley and games workshop collab of 1989 heavily tv advertised dungeon crawling game hero quest yeah. and the wizard in it was not my favorite character because you know they were he had some serious competition but to me as a eight nine year old like that was before really reading much fantasy i would have read the hobbit at that point but so it gave me like a different idea of a wizard not a guy in a gray hat but a kind of glamorous guy with sort of Peter Stringfellow, Fabio, blonde hair, and like a magical headband. Like a magical headband, that's quite a big wizard thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like a headband to keep your long hair back, but it's some sort of gem of power set into the forehead. 
I was going to say, I would have said, I would have guessed a gem. Yeah. If you've got a headband in your wizard, I would have guessed some sort of gem. Yeah, massive. And um, this is his entire backstory, as far as I'm aware, that was written on his character card. You are the wizard. You have many spells that can aid you. However, in combat, you are weak. So use your spells well and avoid combat. The end. That's it. <laughs> that's, the, that's what you get on wizard. He's got a staff. And he's armed with a dagger, but it wasn't modelled onto the miniature, you see. So So he's not even got a name, he's just called Wizard. Wizard, barbarian, dwarf, elf. Okay. Um Hero Quest, I, I my memories of Hero Quest, I think, are entirely adverts that are on the back of comics. Mm-hmm. Uh Hero Quest was the thing where it has like an orange dragon, is that right? No. Is that what I'm picturing? No. no. It was, I think it was one of those things on the back of comics had a guy playing it, but the guy playing it looked really kind of clean cut. And I remember thinking he looked a lot like Philip Schofield. You're not thinking um, of Dragon's Lair, the video game? No, not Dragon's Lair. No, mm. this, this, I think, Hero Quest I had, don't know, I thought. It had a kind of big gargoyle bad guy. Maybe this one. Um, and it had a big sort of sorcerer bad guy. And it had a wizardy guy who was like the kind of GM on the cover, but yeah, it was it was a top top game of its day. So super exciting, and the wizard from that just being a really generic wizard, but of the kind of flouncy, flouncy long hair wizard, you know, that was like a cool young wizard. Yeah, he's like a hip, hip, good looking wizard with like those, you know, those downturned boots that like Captain America would have, or basically every fantasy-ish sort of person would have in those days. Um, you'd have them. Um, so yeah, that was a big wizard for me growing up. Just give me another shade of wizard uh, to add to the collection. Okay. My number four is Tansy Taylor, who is uh, the wife of uh, the character played by Peter Wingard in the 1962 movie Night of the Eagle, directed by Sidney Hayes. Now, I think Night of the Eagle is a great, great underrated British movie uh, based on a book uh, um, which I've never read. Um, and in America, it's known as Burn Witch Burn. Um, and it's essentially about a school teacher whose wife starts innocently practicing magic, but then gets drawn into a coven, a witchcraft coven, which ends up um, basically reigniting the life of a stone eagle. And uh, that's cool. It's a really great, really underrated movie. And as soon as I think of, because I really love witchcraft movies, and it's only really occurred to me how much I find that stuff totally fascinating because I think it's really creepy as an idea. And I really like how things that involve witches and witchcraft feel like it is just you're slightly messing with something that's a bit beyond your uh, your real experience. I find it kind of much more easy to get hold of and in the way that I don't really ever find you know, vampires and werewolves and things at all frightening. I do find witches kind of really creepy and frightening. 
as an idea and again what where that comes from and things um but that's written by the script the screenplay for night the eagle is written by charles beaumont and richard matheson who are both two kind of two of the big twilight zone writers richard matheson i'm a big fan of charles beaumont also both novelists and also written by a guy called um leonard baxt and leonard baxt was a guy who uh created in book form, I don't think they've ever done adaptations of it. He created Pharaoh Love, who is like the f- kind of first gay black private detective in a series of kind of pulp novels. And um, he also wrote the screenplay to another really great witchcraft movie from 1960, which is um, uh, City of the Dead, otherwise known as Horror Hotel, 1960 directed by John Noel and Moxie, which is a really terrific witchcraft movie where the witch is, it's based on kind of Salem witch trials, but it's all made in Britain and made on a super low budget, but is essentially really theatrical, which just adds to kind of how creepy it is shot, this sort of weird black and white. Two films that I definitely recommend, especially if you like witchcraft movies, but they're kind of from that era. So they've got like, they've both got an innocence to them because, you know, they're horror movies from an earlier era. And yet both of them have a real kind of sense of something a bit evil lurking underneath. And again, I guess both of them are all based on the idea of, especially Night the Eagle has a big idea of the sort of beginning 62. And there is this much more of a kind of sense of female empowerment. Mm. And essentially he's a man whose wife is doing her own thing. And it's, it's him sort of wrestling with those things, but it's both of them are quite early sixties in a way that I think might put people off, but they're both really great witchcraft movies from that time. Big fan of both of them and Night the Eagle might come up later because it also ties in with another one of my choices, but a great movie, big fan of witches, uh, Tansy Taylor, Night the eel. Thank you. <laughs> do do you do you think you kind of a little part of you believes in witchcraft? Uh, yeah, or I can buy into it enough to creep me out. If you yeah. know what I mean, I can it, buy into that. Did it did it did it hit you as a kid? Because I often feel like the things that you, you find scariest in films and stuff are the things that you were scared of as a kid. I wonder if you scared of witches as a kid. Maybe, maybe. I certainly like. I, I don't know. I've certainly watched things where I've kind of gone, God, that could kind of be real. That could almost be real. Or if it what if it was real, you wouldn't know it. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of mm. the, the sort of that fiction of witches are just sort of quietly manipulating a situation in a way that you know it, there's not. It's not like there's any kind of huge supernatural things. It could all be coincidence, mm. or there could be someone manipulating events or doing something. I, I like all that. I find it quite pleases me, pleases me and creeps me out. My number three is the forest spirit from the film Throne of Blood, 1957. Akira Kurosawa's adaptation of Macbeth. And this is a bit weird having two Shakespeare's on my list, but the, th- the three witches from Macbeth mm-hmm are they're cool like seminal witches you know what i mean that we have a record of that's your classic witches kind of thing and when when kurosawa adapts macbeth 
into the sort of feudal era, samurai era, Japan for throne of blood. He, he, he says, well, we're not going to have three witches around a, around a cauldron in the, in the, in the woods or whatever. We're going to have a forest spirit and she's going to be, she's, she's spinning a wheel, a, 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 a spinning wheel, you know, kind of thing. She's like ghostly ghost of a forest. You know, she's like a spirit. She's in a kind of cage and they come across her in the woods when they're riding through and the, the you know, the, the, the Macbeth character and the Banquo character, I can't remember what they're called they've got Japanese samurai names and they're, they're on their, they're on their horses, their big horse chargers with their full samurai armor on. And he starts firing arrows like indiscriminately towards this forest spirit. And she just like weirdly gurgles out the prophecy that, you know, his son is going to be the heir and he's going to be killed by this guy and as well, all that stuff. And it, it's like, this is 1957 black and white movie and the effects are limited, right? But it's a really creepy, scary old woman, and in that way, like the Japanese films at that time would do. If they want an old woman character, it's going to be a really old woman actor. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they're going to old her up even more. So she looks about one hundred and twenty, you know, which in Japan is possible, you know, because there's sure. some long living people. But I don't believe the actor is. But she just she just looks so old and creepy. She's all kind of luminous in black and white. You know what I mean? Like, kind of and really creeps Toshiro Mifune's character out, the Macbeth character, creeps him out, you know, and he's he does creeped out really well. So he's like, oh, all the blood drains from his face in black and white. And, you know, she appears again to say, you know, oh, you'll be fine unless, like, a, you know, the forest comes, you know. And um, great again then. And it's just, it's just, it's the most, that film's fantastic. It's a bit dry and slow, right? long it's you know because it, it it stylistically takes a lot of like no no theater stuff and, and does that so it's, it's very stylized in a way but it's so beautiful and oh, i absolutely love it you know you just watch it it's it's a bit dry and slow but you're just watching it and drinking in the, the visuals are incredible and then the way is adapted the macbeth to like perfectly fit if you'd never read macbeth right and you saw that film, apart from being like, this is too slow for me because I'm a kid. Um, you'd just be like, this is crazy ideas that this person's come up with, you know, like he, but he transposes them all in the most amazing way. It's a phenomenal film with the most incredible looking ending. And, but the, the, the witch in that to me is like the, the, the kind of forest spirit, which is just the most creepy, weird, haunting, kind of witch and it totally convinces you that she would have shat up this Macbeth character as much as it is in the film phenomenal totally and in fact I kind of forgot to go down that route but when I was initially thinking of compiling these kind of lists of witches and wizards I kept thinking oh there's a really good tradition in Japanese movies of these kind of older women who are probably like what people would say are witches but are very much of the Holland and Barrett variety of, uh, and all these kind of old character actresses playing them and they're kind of like, um, and I, I just completely forgot, but there's, and also the ones I did think of, I was kind of questioning, are they a witch? Would you say they're a yeah, witch? Cause there's a lot of that just in, an old woman. There's a lot of that in Japanese films where it'll be like the weird old woman who lives in yeah. the hut over there. The weird old yeah, woman, exactly. who lives, even in contemporary Japanese films, it'll be like 
I don't know, that weird old lady, she's pretty scary, you know, and then she turns out to be nice, you know, or something, but she has got some special powers. Like that, that's just kind of trope that we have in European mythology mm. and stuff as well, but it, it's really present in, in in Japan, that kind of scary old lady is a great example. I think um, I'm glad we've uh, gone down that route. Uh, my number three is uh, a witch. And it's, it's funny you said that, did witches scare me as a kid? And I kind of think, oh, not really. But actually, yeah, because there was lots of, weirdly, lots of witches in um, kids' TV shows. And my number three is Fenella Felerick, who is the witch from the Cosgrove Hall stop-motion animation, Chorlton and the Wheelies. Um, and... I did find her scary, even though she's plainly like a comic character. She is kind of, I guess, created um, to be this kind of quite horrific witch that has a um, a very broad Welsh accent and lives. She's a kettle witch because she lives in the kettle, and all of the uh, all the wheelies who live in the town are scared of her. But the one person who's not scared of her is Chalton, the dragon who protects the villagers, but he doesn't even believe that she's any threat because even though she is always trying to plot the downfall of the wheelies, Chorlton always just refers to her as a little old lady, little old lady. Um, and he thinks she's very sweet, even though she is actually trying to, uh, uh, to, uh, pen their downfall. Um, uh, and also has, like you know has a funny comic voice apparently in new zealand it had a different narrator and that narrator was ringo Starr. so he did thomas the tank engine and chorlton and the wheelies in new zealand but in no other territory just seems a weird that's mad uh chorlton the wheelies also has a really great tv theme yeah i think from uh from my childhood but yeah, like uh, Fenella, the witch, I used to find genuinely quite terrifying. And I think maybe that's partly it, because even in that scenario, it's a witch who is doing bad stuff, but is kind of doing it under the nose of the main character as if nothing's happening. Does that, I, I think that's sort of weird. I guess it's like a kind of, there's someone behind you in pantomime or something, you know, there's something bad happening. Mm. Like even the main character is totally unaware and thinks she's this kind of benign, quite sweet old lady. That's good witchiness. Um, and I think she kind of represents a lot of those witches who seem to appear in uh, kids TV from my youth, but there's a whole bunch that I might mention later on. <laughs> My number two, you might not, you might say this isn't a wizard, witch, or warlock, but I think he is. It's Yoda from the Star Wars films. Sure, for sure. And he is, he is, because he's a, you know, at least when we meet him in the uh, the original Star Wars films in Empire Strike Back, he is, he is a, a hermit wizard who lives in a hut in a swamp, on a swamp planet in the edges of the known universe or whatever um galaxy whatever um and he's you seek him out 
to learn his wizardy ways. You know, at that point, we don't know that he used to be, you know, like a kind of bureaucrat uh, who sat on a a sort of board of trustees of a weird religion who policed the galaxy. Like, we don't know that. We're just (laughs) like, he's a weird old wizard that looks like a kind of boggling that uh yeah. that he looks like a dried apricot with ears and he's got a wicked sense of humor and uh he lives in a bog and you just the the ultimate thing of of, of all these characters you know wizards witches warlocks we think they're old and frail looking but they're like <laughs> you underestimate me watch me lift this whole thing up with just my mind you know that kind of trope of like don't underestimate the old people they got magic powers that's the thing that's inherent to all these 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 exact things right and it's a great thing to have in the world because you know young people kids and stuff they think they invented the world we all we all felt like that and everything old was like passe and weak something you know and you're like ah i'm so vigorous and young you know and 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 Yoda, like all these great wizards and things, is like, mm, yes, yes, I may be old, you know, but you know, nine hundred years old in his case. But my number one is older. But you know, it's that underestimate me if you want. But I'm gonna save the day, and I've got all the power. That's a really nice sort of folk theme to have in the world. Yeah, it's a really like they do it really well in the film, and I guess there is that. Um... That thing that when he when he first appears, you know, he is just essentially like a Frank Oz Muppet. He is a comic character who you imagine is like, you know, and also there's that idea that he's not the guy. He's like yeah. a little goblin who works for the guy or something that you're going to see. And he's he's underestimated as being this kind of comic foil. And it's a really good performance in that way because it goes from comic to essentially trying to get you know, it sort of shows how clever those uh, puppeteers are because it goes from a little comic thing that you're very familiar with, mm. even from Muppet. It's not a million miles away from like a Muppet Show character at all. Mm. And then it goes from that to being like, oh, no, I'm going to try and do a performance with the with this character. And it becomes a whole other thing. Mm. Very clever. Very clever. Yeah, we talked about him a lot in our in our in our puppets episode. But, you know, 60 centimeter tall, 13 kilos super wizard who in his day could do anything anything with the force that's a super wizard and if you got the toy came with a snake yeah it did yeah also it came with um like a a little jacket you could put on so quite like a little bit of cloth fabric a little bit of fabric with some holes cut out so you could wear a little jacket yeah and a stick yeah stick Yoda. Still don't uh, know what species he is. Still don't know. It's true. Still don't yeah. know. We still don't know. Mystery. Uh, my number two is uh, the Wicked Witch of the West from uh, The Wizard of Oz, uh, as played by Margaret Hamilton in the 1939 film. Um, and I think again a very classic movie which I really love the she's classic got, the classic yeah. movie which right like yeah I love that she's got a green face I love that 
she melts in water. I don't know why she melts in water, but that then becomes just part of the mythology. Like, yeah, yeah. of course, that's how you kill a witch. You just throw some water on her. Yeah. Um, I really like that performance. I really like, again, it is another thing where the green face, I think, is probably a... Uh, it's probably the main influence on something like Fenella the Kettle Witch, who also has a green face. Yeah. I'm sure witches don't really have green faces before that. I think it's a weird choice that her face is green, but now it's almost like, yeah, it's like a witch. She's got a green face. Do you it's, think it was just like, we're going to make this film in colour, so everyone's got to have yeah. a lot of colour? It's like, it's like um, you know, it's like comic books where they've got these sort of primary colours to use, and so <laughs> everyone is going to be like, a, a proper color and she's bright green um you know she has the witch's hat she's proper classic witch and also again again the second example in a row where i said i don't think i was particularly scared of uh, witches when i was a kid yes i was because that's yeah. another example of a witch who absolutely terrified me and had um you know and has flying apes that she controls yeah who being a film in the 30s do appear to be actual apes that have had wings uh, super glued to them or whatever they did yeah. um it's it's proper a genuinely proper creepy terrifying villain and you know the performance is super over the top but as a kid you just buy into it it's almost like it's too much that is too much for that this. is which from then on that that's witches right like when yeah. when, when you go trick-or-treating yeah. and all the girls are witches that's the witch they are. You know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. that's the version of witch that we have. And all the like kids' books and stuff since it's like, it's that witch. Exactly. And she moves that kind of Nosferatu, I'm sure, very purposefully and has that kind of really odd movement and, you know, black cloak, black hat, green face, crooked nose, wart. It's it's the pure but she's the mean woman on the bicycle in, in Kansas as well, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's scary, you know? It is scary. It's, because it's... I think subliminally, you know, that's the same person you've... Because I think that works in repeated viewing, right? You yeah. kind of subliminally realize that's who that is. But, but you... she, she makes you feel uh, uncomfortable. But it brings home that thing of like, you can have witchiness in, in, in regular civilians. You know, sure. I, had, I had a teacher at primary school. Beverly, yeah, people will know. If anyone else went to, if anyone else went to Canterbury, Canterbury Primary School, they'd be like, yeah, she had like she harnessed a kind of witchiness in her vibe to give this kind of vibe of like, I might turn you into a frog if you like behave badly in my class. She was like harnessing the this terror of witchiness to keep kids in line. Oh, Beverly, yeah, Beverly. My number one, probably not a surprise to you, is Gandalf the Grey, aka Mithrandir, aka Olorin Tharkun in Canos. I think that's all his names. I love it. He's got more, I, could, I could give him more names, but they're more like nicknames rather than oh, yeah. names in different languages. Um, What's a couple of his nicknames? The, the Grey Pilgrim. Stormcrow, uh, Grey Haim, I think he gets called. Yeah, Great. A few more, a few more, I think. Uh, one of the five Istari, 
that was the Maya spirits sent to the, sent by the Valar to Middle Earth to pose as old men and save everyone from the evil plans of Sauron. Oh, so he's not he's a kind of spirit or what's his a kind of demigod sort of thing sent oh, wow. sent to take sort of mortal form posing as an old man to go and just watch over the lands and the the, the five five wizards were given like different remits um and uh yeah gandalf's is really to like look after the people you know and you've got you got saruman who i think is supposed to look after sort of knowledge and law i might be wrong about that one radagast who is to look after the beasts and the wildlife and the trees and stuff um and then the two forgotten wizards alatar and palando known as the blue wizards and they just went off into the east and were never heard of again so quite enigmatic but essentially failures because uh, right it's gandalf that does the business and looks after middle earth and that feels like a weird addition like You'd expect them to come back at some point, right? And go. Tolkien wasn't very neat like that. He just he 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 put a lot of threads in that were like, I might come back to this at some point in the future, and then doesn't. Never did. No, and his son spent the rest of his life trying to desperately find some notes somewhere that could turn into something. But you know, I I I can't really tell you how much I love Gandalf as a character. Like, if it was top five characters, he'd be bang up there fictional people and gandalf was never a young man he was always an old man no no he appears as an old man but he's been around on middle earth for the whole of the third age of which we're at the end of in the in the lord of the rings i think i assumed that sarrow man was like he trained him or whatever i think that's what i've assumed sarrow man was the head of the order so but he, right. so he was like superior to him but sarrow man like Prospero or Faust is kind of he's he's uh, foregone the path of goodness and is trying to take power for himself and stuff. And they were specific; they had a specific remit from the Valar, which was they 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 can't rule over people, you know, they can't take power for themselves. And if they did, their powers would start to wane, and that that plays out in the Lord of the Rings. And uh, just I can't even tell you Gandalf. You know, in the Hobbit. He's great, but frustrating. Um, in the Lord of the Rings, you get so much of him and he's brilliant. And then he turns into Gandalf the White and loses his sense of humor, which is a bummer because he gains all this extra power. But he loses his sense of humor. And like, like most characters in Return of the King, the third book, he's uh, he's kind of an asshole. Like he's kind of like in the, the nice hobbits are still nice hobbits, but he's, he's all got all sort of haughty and terse which is a pain but that's that's just Tolkien I think Tolkien became a bit of an asshole at that point as well so he wrote all his nice characters to be kind of distant and assholey does annoy me I still manage to read it every year or two um yeah Gandalf he has a magic ring of fire um the secret fire the flame of Anor he's just the best man he's just cool he can just sit and smoke pipe and blow rings and do fire displays or he can save the entire world you know he's, he's got very much two strings to his bow at least so you said earlier that you're not as drawn to the wizard characters in fantasy fiction yeah 
is Gandalf an exception, yeah. or would he be? Is he is he your favorite character within the Tolkien books? Is he my favorite character? He's my favorite major character, right? In Lord of the Rings, him, Sam, Aragorn. That's probably in the books. Those three. But he's a business. I just, he's such a great kind of fatherly figure. Um, he's full of like compassion and understanding for bad people as well. So people say like, oh, Tolkien's all good versus evil. And it's like, nah, it's not really. Like it's the people who are very stark about good versus evil in it are tend to be portrayed as kind of overly simplistic and He's got a lot of time for the, the badens. It's a lovely man. Lovely man. Good wizard. His wizardy powers, not that great. Just sets fire to stuff a bit. Like, Is that all? Yeah, I mean, like, his real powers are of wisdom. You know? And, and, and care. What sets him apart from the other wizards is how much he cares and understands okay. people. I think of him as doing some more wizardy things than just setting fire to things in the film. I guess his main thing things. is, um, coming back from the dead, I guess is a big one. It's a big one. I think yeah, one of the big things he does, he breaks Saruman's staff. That's quite a big deal. Um, but yeah, he's, he's got some power, but he's not, he's not like a kind of, I'll do a trick kind of wizard. You know, he's just, I'll lead the way. I'll be like the, the sage. I'll command people but not with power, just with wisdom. Absolutely love him. I can't really express how much I love Gandalf. I think we're top, doing a good job player. at covering all the, all the big guns. And, and much like he's like very much the wizard equivalent of the Wicked Witch of the West. It's like once you've got Gandalf, once you've got an idea of Gandalf, an old man in a battered hat, it's like, all right, once The Hobbit comes out, it's like, that's wizards then. That'll be wizards then. And I think you've got you've got Gandalf-type wizards in the West and you've got Merlin-type wizards, and they're not that far apart, you know? But that's your that's your, your big wizardy tropes. So I think a lot of wizards that come after him, I'm like, I've seen that. I've seen that wizard. Not a bothered. Love him. Okay, my number one is Mater Suspiriorum from uh, the film Suspiria, otherwise known as Helena Marcos, um, just because she's absolutely terrifying. And it's a really well done in the film how they're kind of, like I think I probably had seen that film four or five times before you kind of even get the backstory, which is kind of quite cleverly kind of just sort of hinted at throughout. And in fact, you don't really know a lot of her about her until they do the sequel, which is Inferno, which I think is 1980. Suspiria, I think is 76, uh, directed by Dario Argento. Um, and it's set in Freiburg, Germany, and Helena Marcos runs uh, a ballet school. And so has access to um, sort of teenage children who she can kind of control and manipulate via a coven. So essentially it's this sort of coven of witches who are all teachers who work in a ballet school in Germany. 
and they're just ever so slightly cut off from the mainstream that there's a, there's a town very close that they can get to but it's never it, it always feels slightly out of reach and they can kind of get away with it and in, and what they are doing is getting away with uh murdering uh, uh teenage girls in uh, a ballet school which has this sort of you know various back rooms and various uh you know uh panels on doors that take you to secret passages and they seem to be able to control monsters and at one point they control an unseen uh, a blind man is killed by something which might be a stone eagle which i'm always convinced is it's because argento is a big fan of night of the eagle of course he is why wouldn't he be and so it takes this sort of earlier idea of witchcraft and kind of updates it for a more kind of i guess grisly 70s but it's a very stylish film and i think now is kind of acknowledged as being like it's like a proper it's like a proper movie yeah with these very kind of huge kind of horror tropes and is just kind of a beautiful film that does everything like it looks amazing and has like incredible sound design and things and what you're watching is this sort of you're, you're having an experience which is the thing i think why it's sort of it's much better than its sort of sequel uh because you're having yeah you're it's sort of taking you into this sort of dream world this sort of fairy tale world but it's also a very cinematic one where it's all about sound and vision and it unsettles you from the very beginning and takes you from a kind of very real world bit of a you know an airport in germany mm. into this very odd thing where the rules are slightly different because the manipulate it's almost like you know the film itself is being manipulated by this sort of weird presence and Elena Marcos is sort of you only kind of get glimpses of her throughout the film and you do see her at the end um and it is just this sort of terrifying idea of witchcraft and this sort of insidiousness that she's obviously been alive for a hundred years and this this woman is completely like resurrected um every sort of 70 years or something but it's obviously just the same woman who's been running this sort of dance academy in Germany. It's, it's such a nice kind of very creepy idea. Mm. And there's all these, you know, rich families from around Europe who send their daughters to this ballet school because, you know, you know, only a few of them ever die, but it's always this sort of, you know, in that idea that it's just in people's memory, like, oh, do you remember there was a girl at school with you who died or there was that girl who went missing? Yeah. And it's all that kind of weird, I really love it as a movie, um, a very well-known movie now, but a very creepy idea. And she's one of the three mothers. So you find out in the sequel that she's only one of three, but essentially it is that thing where you're watching a sequel and they've retrospectively taken the first film and mm. gone, could we make three films? Yeah. Whereas the first film kind of exists in its own world. Yeah. But um, I've I never seen, I've only seen the first one. I've never seen. Never yeah, the others one. I like I like the others, but they're a different they're kind of a, a lesser thing. There's lots of good bits in them, but they're kind of it's a you know, it's a lesser movie. You're watching sequels then. But but you know, there's good stuff in them. I remember I I, mean, I watched the, I've already seen it twice, but not for a long time. And and um 
I remember mostly watching it for the music and sound kind of the first time and, and, mm. and being really like, oh, this does creep me out. This does, this does make me feel weird. You know what I mean? Mm. It makes you feel like you're slightly like, oh, I feel really uneasy. Yeah. Uh, something terrible. Uh, you know, like it's that kind of yeah. unease. Unease is good. Unease is good. That's a good one. Gonna watch that again. It's it's good to also have that kind of like, you know, you taken, you know, you've got stuff from five hundred years ago in our lists, and you've got stuff that's quite contemporary. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's themes run through, but they're all yeah. I think there's something, I, but it is it's another thing where I think I always knew when when it came up, I found myself thinking, oh, I love witches as a thing. So it's quite nice to explore some of the witches I like. And you're going to find it in every culture as well. These ideas yeah. across every culture, and they manifest in different ways, but it's like it's something inherent to humans. It's that, this kind of like fear and mistrust of these of the weirdos, <laughs> yeah, possibly elderly weirdos who might have, they either claim they have magic or they mm. insist that they can't do any magic, but everyone else is like, totally magic, kill them. You know, like it's that. You know, witch trials and witch hunts and all these things is terrifying stuff. And now we see it as like, it's almost like we have it as a kind of uh, residual terror mm. from, from from centuries gone. But, you know, remember when it was everyone was like convinced that, you know, it's, everyone was convinced that there were these magic people yeah. that were going to purge or go to them because we need a favor or something, you know? Yeah. That's that just stays with us as a people, even when we're all like, no, none of it's real. Yeah, just go, go work in an office, like you know, it's 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 there. All those you know, all those witch trials, which are now sort of seen as for what they were, a lot of kind of people who were like, nah, she is evil because she slept with me, so she must be evil. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. all that. It's all that. She bewitch all she's that. bewitched me yeah. from my my actual wife, who I I do love. Yeah, but it's just like sort of mystical misogyny of yesteryear. Yeah. I got some honorable mentions. I've got quite a lot of honorable mentions. I'll hit you with a few. Me too. A few. I've got Tim the Enchanter from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. It's quite good. It's quite a minor character in it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm an enchanter. They call me Tim. That's good. And he does a lot. I've got a lot of, see, he's similar to Gandalf. He's got a lot of fire magic. Um, from the world of Marvel comics, I've got the Scarlet Witch, who is mm -hmm. increasingly being appreciated, but I've always been a fan. I think she's great. Um, she's just had a great TV show, and uh, you know, she's she's uh, she's come out of the shadows. She's probably even bigger when she does whatever she's doing next in the movies. But um, yeah, I'm a fan. But I'm a fan of her costume, especially, which I think is. Important. I was going to say, I think that's one of the things that that's missing. I really like that kind of weird headdress. Yeah, I think that was always a, a good look. She's got uh, it now. Oh, she does have it now. You're right. Yeah, yeah, she does have it now. She's got it now. And also for the Marvel Comics work, you've got Doctor Strange, who's sure. a pretty cool type of sorcerer, if you ask me. He is. And he was often blessed with uh, good artists for a long period of time. So he was always quite a cool looking character. Wizardy Fingers. Um, Wizardy Fingers doing a lot of that. Nice robes. Uh, yeah, good robes uh good mustache really fitting into that kind of slightly hippie uh 
Church of Satan y kind of look yeah. from the 60s. Yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of kept that same look, even though no one really looks like that anymore. Uh, but I sort of appreciate those kind of origins. There's a lot in comics, really. There's uh, Mandrake, who I guess was probably a big influence on Doctor Strange, mm. Mandrake the Magician. You've got the Sea Hag, the witch from Popeye. Uh, you've got, who else did I have? When we were uh, talking about Doctor Strange, I thought we should alert people to the character that you came up with, who's basically a typo. He's yeah, a, yeah. Doctor Stange. Doctor Stange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. He Just only really admits it exists in the uh, our conversations universe. Yes, yeah. But, but Doctor Stange did make a brief comic appearance. He did. He did. He's in, mentioned. Uh, he's mentioned as uh, I think is he Dirk Venice's doctor. Dirk Venice's doctor in the, so. in, the in the Dirk Venice comics of yesteryear, <laughs> and uh, he's Doctor Stange. Big fan of Doctor Stange. <laughs> Um, Shazam, I think, is technically a wizard. He gets his power from the wizard, but then I think he becomes a wizard. Captain okay. Marvel, Shazam. Um, I've had in in the world of uh, children's TV, as I mentioned, uh, Fenella, the Kettle Witch. You've got Evil Edna from uh, um, Willow the Wisp. Oh yeah, is a is a is a witch. Yep. Uh, you've got Grotbags from the Pink Mill show. What the thing about Grotbags is Grotbags ended up, and this may have been me aging, Grotbag ended up a figure of fun, but she was pure terror in the Pink Windmill. Yeah, um, I was, uh, again, it's, an, I think I was terrified of witches when I was a kid. He obviously has had some, like, uh, it's both an ancient fear and a slightly more recent ancient fear for me, I think. Yeah, Grotbags genuinely was terrifying. Um, supposedly, a story I liked, they did one of those, uh, expose documentaries about rod hull on channel four after he died and they had uh she called carol um somebody who plays crop bags and uh, she was um she herself i think is quite a kind of uh is like a club comedian from the 70s i think mm -hmm. so worked with rod hull in kind of working men's club um and uh Apparently, the day they cancelled the Pink Windmill show, it was like on the table about, is this is it going to be cancelled? Is it going to be cancelled? And that day of rehearsals, Rod Hull turned up uh, with the news and they're going, oh, is there any news, Rod, about the next series? And Rod Hull said to the cast and crew of the Pink Windmill show, gravy train's over. Make really made me laugh. <laughs> All these people go, none of them are going to be earning much money on the Pink Windmill show, Rod. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's a gravy train, uh, but uh, what happened was uh, she got the last laugh because uh, they recommissioned a solo crop bag series yeah. to replace it. Bad luck, bad luck, Rod. Um, there was also Hazel McWitch, the Scottish witch from Rent a Ghost. Uh, Simon and the Witch. Simon and the Witch. Whizbit. Whizbit. The creepy conical alien who was friends with Paul Daniels. Exactly. Watch uh, some Wizbit on YouTube if you haven't watched it since the time. That's some weird shit. You oh, it's be, bonkers. That's it's absolutely totally insane. Weird. The music is weird. It's super trippy. And that definitely wasn't just Paul Daniels behind that. There was some no. minds behind Wizbit. Yeah, I, th I feel like uh, Daniels was the figurehead for some actual 
witchy witchcraft that was yeah. going on in kids TV at the time. Really Definite odd show. Devilry. <laughs> uh, Cat Weasel, who is uh, an old magician who can uh, travel in time. Yeah. So it is a very much a staple of uh, the kids TV. Um, you got any other people in your list? Yeah, I got a bunch. The Grand High Witch from the Witches, either the Roald Dahl yes. book or the movie, but especially the movie because that's yes. terrifying. That's Again, that was one where witch. another Roald Dahl book where it's it's telling you to be afraid of old people and your teachers, right? Yeah. Essentially, if you're not attractive, you're probably a witch. No, that's not true. In the book, like they are attractive, <laughs> but it's that underneath they they can take off oh, yeah, they yeah, take yeah, off they their can, faces. Yeah, yeah. You know, they think the Grand High Witch is very attractive when she's yeah. she's a she's a kind of blonde woman, and then she takes off her face, and underneath she's like a hideous, terrifying witch. Um, Gargamel, well, in the movie, she's um, uh, Angelica Houston, isn't she? Mm. So yeah, but yeah. So not when she takes her mask off. Um, she's not then. Well, she is, but she's terrifying. Oh right, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, prosthetic. Yeah. Gargamel from the Smurfs. Yes, it is a good one. For, I've also got a children's book, fantastic children's book, Teeny Tiny and the Witch Woman. Don't know that, that one. Barbara K. Walker, illustrated by Michael Foreman. And Michael Foreman's one of my favorite kids' book illustrators in his day before he got a bit crap. And it's apparently based on an old Turkish folktale, but it is a fantastic kids' book. Scary and brilliant imagery, brilliant green sort of witchy witch, and but really good, like kid empowering book. Um, I've got another wizard. It's um, relatively obscure, early rapper, Funk Master Wizard Wiz. <laughs> Obviously a wizard. He's most famous for his 1986 song, Crack It Up, right? Um, do check that out because it is a pro-crack song. <laughs> it's it, the, the chorus is like, you know, first of all, we had, you know, whatever this. Then we had L LSD. Then we had, you know, Blow. And now we've got crack. This is the new drug. And it's it's a pro-crack song. And it's all about how to do crack and the, how great crack is. And oh my God, is that a bizarre thing? And they obviously had to follow up with a song which was like, hey kids, don't do crack. But he yeah. was basically all of all of the history of hip hop is littered with people being like, they say that, you know, there's lots of rappers that say they sell drugs, but all rappers are adamant that they don't do crack. You know what I mean? It's yeah. very important to say, I might smoke weed, but I don't do crack. Only losers <laughs> do crack, right? I might sell crack, but I won't do crack, right? Whereas Funkmaster Wizard Wizard was like, crack, it's the best, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think it's, mm -hmm. it's just like the most bizarre thing. It's a catchy tune, but... Um, also, like old-fashioned wizards, he's kept up the tradition by he's obviously into these sort of chemical substances he's creating yeah i think yeah, he was like i'm a wizard I'm, of course i'm going to try the new drug that's on the streets exactly i'm going to be bang on it and uh, maybe much like prospero he then regrets it he gains too much power from his crack and has to and then has to repent. do a, a follow-up single follow -up. But which he is uh, telling kids not to do it if you do enjoy grand wizard wiz crack it up he also made a song called i stink because i'm funky which is <laughs> amusing and a genuinely great song grand Cork. Grand Concourse and 138th, which is where he's from, uh, produced by said G of Ultramagnetic MCs a few years later. That's fantastic. So that's in my collection, but I don't need to uncrack it up because, boy, is that a wrong record. You got <laughs> you got Jareth the Goblin King. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. Labyrinth. But I just, I had forgotten that his name was Jareth. 
which is like mm. the funniest kind of West Country name that yes, I can think yeah. of. I don't know if it's a real West Country name, but it's definitely like Gareth mixed with Jethro. Love it. <laughs> uh, Willow is a quite crappy sorcerer. Mm-hmm. That isn't great, you know, but he's not very good at the sorcery. Um, the 1977 Ralph Bakshi film Wizards. Oh yeah, of course, Wizards. Which yeah, is yeah. phenomenal. That's a really good film. And when I ever, whenever something Ralph Bakshi comes up, I'm like, I think Ralph Bakshi's one of the best guys. Why don't I stand by that more often? And you know, it's a big one. I know it's going to be a big one for a lot of people. But you've got the Harry Potter series. What yeah. I've read and watched of Harry Potter, I'll just say Hermione Granger. She's the best one. Uh, that's the, the only one. She's the best wizard. Yeah, that's the one I'd have from there. Um, I think that's at the end of my list now. I think that's my wizards, but it's a deep, it's a deep pool. Oh, I've got, I got more. I got again from from the world of comics. Uh, Zatanna Zatara, uh, who is uh, well, she's a proper sorceress. Her dad is again uh, Zatara, who I think he's like a stage magician. I'm not yeah. sure of the, but in my, in my head, I quite like the idea that he's just a stage magician, but the daughter's magic. I'm not sure yeah. if that's true or not. There's Meg from the Mega Mog books. Um, Rubbish witch, but yeah, enjoyable. <laughs> um, Morgana Le Fay, another one from Arthurian legend. Uh, uh, Kiki from Studio Ghibli, Kiki's delivery service. Good one. Uh, Madame Mim from The Sword in the Stone. Yes. Uh, another great, probably the best Disney witch is Eglantine Price. Uh, from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Murder She Wrote. Angela Lansbury. Yep. Um, great witch. Um, and from that kind of idea, you've got, uh, from that time, the 60s, you've got Samantha Stevens, Bewitched. Um, and also in a very similar thing, you've got Gillian Holroyd, who is from the film Bell, Book and Candle, which is basically what Bewitched is before Bewitched. Yeah. Um, you've got David Lopan, uh, the magician from Big Trouble in Little China, who is uh, the main oh, yeah. the main bad guy. Um, and I think that's the end of my list of good wizards, witches, warlocks, etc. Sorcerers, yeah. you know send, the guys. Send us more because like I, there's so many and they're really good and it makes you want to go and watch things and read things that you haven't read. And now I hope our top five list has saved you some money on a subscription to which magazine? Yes. Uh, yeah. This is you good. Know, it... <laughs> this is good stuff. Um, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please put on your own list of favorite witches, warlocks, wizards, sorcerers. You know, and if you're questioning whether one is, it basically is. It's fine. It's well, real, we'll accept it. Not stage magic. That's what we're saying. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So it's we can have a separate. Magic. So we can maybe do separate stage magicians at some point. I don't know. That seems a, a long way off. Um, <laughs> I, I just also want to uh, shout out my dad. Not a wizard, right? Mm-hmm. But he does say relatively often that things are wizard, which is. Uh, I like it as a term of something being good. Yeah, it's very much of its time. Um, and he's, he's keeping it going. Hmm. Sometimes. The band Wizard with two Zs. Yeah. At least once a year. Yeah. Well, only once a year. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, please put in your own suggestions for your favorite wizards. Let us know. Uh, and if you've got other ideas or if this has inspired you to, uh, to tell us about other lists you'd like to see us tackle, then do that too. Um, I think that's probably all from me. Is that all from you? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about, sorry, warlocks, but you know, your time will come. Yeah. There's a film warlock with Julian Sands. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did several sequels, but they're not great movies. They're not great. The Warlock of Firetop Mountain, the first fighting fantasy book. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a warlock. Very good book to get into. Yeah. Um, I think... you got more. Awful. You know more. Hit us up with more. And we'll yeah. see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.